Hello, I am Heidi and welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand, where we talk to real people and share true stories of overcoming life's challenges. We are taking life's lemons and making lemonade. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Allie. Welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I'm so looking forward to getting to know you. So start out by telling me just a couple of things about yourself. Yeah, so I'm 22 years old and I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I love playing board games and I'm really competitive. <laughs> um, and I'm getting ready to start an accelerated nursing program this fall at Maryville University in St. Louis. So I'm getting ready to head back to where I grew up. So I'm super excited about that. Oh, that is exciting. Lots of changes for you and a mm -hmm. fast program to be able to become a nurse. Well, that's exciting. Well, congrats to you. That's great. Let's get started. Tell me your lemon to lemonade story. Maybe it has something to do with wanting to be a nurse, but yeah. take me back and tell me. Yeah. yeah. So my story starts when I was 13 years old. Um, I had been having a lot of pain in my arm and, um, my mom had taken me to the pediatrician multiple times um, to see what was wrong. And my pediatrician just kept telling us, oh, it's growing pains. Don't worry about it. Um, but that did not keep my mom from worrying about it, <laughs> as good mothers mom. normally do yeah, worry. Good mom, good mom. Um, <laughs> so eventually it became so bad that I wasn't able to hold up my violin at school. And um, I had developed a small lump on my arm. So um, it was the first day of um, summer break after eighth grade. And my mom took me to my old orthopedic doctor to see um, if he could give us better answers than the pediatrician could. Um, I had seen him a few years before um, when I had broken that same arm. So um, we went to him and he took a quick x-ray of the arm and he immediately came back into our room concerned. He told my mom, that your daughter has cancer and he showed us the x-ray and there was this big black mass encompassing my bone and muscle in in my arm and she immediately started crying yeah. what i remember thinking from that experience as a young naive innocent 13 year old was what is cancer <laughs> you know i remember that in one of my favorite tv shows cupcake wars that there was this Baker that was diagnosed with brain cancer and he ended up having to leave the season early. And so I was like, everybody was sad about it. So, you know, ev like, this is a sad thing I know, but what is cancer? I thought only adults got cancer. I only knew of brain cancer and breast cancer, but I didn't know what those were. And, but mainly at that appointment, I was just embarrassed that my mom was crying in front of the doctor <laughs> and that um, she insisted on holding my hand as we left the office. Um, so it wasn't until I got home that I um, went up into my room while my mom talked to my dad and I Googled things on my iPod touch, like what is cancer? What is Ewing's sarcoma? Which is what the doctor had said that it probably is. And what happens to people who have cancer? It wasn't until that, that I finally understood the significance of what the doctor had told us. I, why your mom is crying now too, yes, right? Yes, oh I remember goodness. finally crying myself. Um, but when I read that um, cancer treatment typically causes you to not be able to have children. Oh my goodness. Um, so yeah, it was, an, it was an extremely hard year after that first day. I um, was officially diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma, which is a rare form of bone cancer. And I um, 
did 11 months worth 17 cycles of really aggressive chemotherapy. Um, I also had a major limb salvaging surgery where I, um, they removed the majority of my humerus. They only left the joints and they replaced it with the fibula in my leg, <laughs> which was a really crazy um, surgery. And so um, I had to relearn how to use my arm, shoulder and hand and fingers again, um, which was really, really grueling. I did really intensive physical therapy and occupational therapy, but now I have full functioning of my arm again, which wasn't supposed to happen. So that's one miracle of the many. <laughs> that's incredible. And so yeah. did it spread past your arm at all or did it stay really local right there? When I was 13, it stayed local and stayed in my arm. So I was declared cancer free in April, 2014. Um, and I went on to finish high school. Uh, I moved across the country to start school at Brigham Young University, and um, I was so happy to finally be in a new place. You know, I everybody knew me as the cancer survivor, the girl that had cancer in high school. And so I was so excited to have this like fresh start where I wasn't known for my cancer. Um, and I felt like I could move on from my past. But then and this is, this is the hardest thing that I've been through. What I have shared so far is not the hardest thing I've been through. But then I had a pain in my hip start. And sure enough, after three and a half years of being cancer-free, my cancer was back. Um, but this time it was different. So whereas the first time I had about a 70% chance of surviving um, based on the chemotherapy statistics that they had given us, um, the doctors told me that um, my recurrence was considered stage four and I had to deal with mentally preparing myself for death. And so that was my lemon. <laughs> and you're like 18 years old at this point? I was like 18. Yeah. 18 and in college away from your family mm -hmm. when you are diagnosed again. So what mm -hmm. did you do? Well, I, so I moved back home. Um, and I dropped out of college at the time. And so I moved back home to do more treatment. So um, at first I did not handle it well. <laughs> I became very, very depressed and closed off from the people around me. I really felt hopeless. So whereas the first time that I had cancer, I was very positive, um, hopeful, like resilient. Um, there's something there, honestly, there's something about children with cancer that their resilience is unmatched. But I was an 18 year old, I was an adult, <laughs> barely an adult. Everybody around me um, was acting all positive and hopeful that I would beat it again like the first time, but nobody but my parents and I knew that it was stage four. I felt really hopeless and I would put up this facade of positivity when I was around others, but really deep down inside, I was very, very depressed you know, I was preparing for death. So they started me on a new chemotherapy regimen, which was our only option that we had. Um, and it had about a 30% chance of making any kind of change to the cancer, which meant that it was 30% chance of either killing the cancer completely, killing the cancer partially, or not killing the cancer at all, but keeping it from growing any bigger. So 30% chance of doing any of those three things. So the chances were of it working were very, very slim. And so I prepared myself for death. I 
And it was definitely really bleak at first. I honestly, I can't remember one significant defining moment where things turned around for me. I was diagnosed with PTSD in 2020 um, from my cancer treatment. And so I feel like I've repressed a lot of memories, but I do remember some of the things that I did that really helped change my life. So I'm um, a Christian. And so my relationship with God is really important to me and was very critical at this time in my life. You know, I tried to serve him to the best of my abilities. I um, prayed and talked with him a lot. And I seriously like reevaluated my life and my life choices. You know, when you're in the face of death, you know, you think about your life. <laughs> um, I also met with my church leader a lot and he helped give me a lot of clarity in my life um, and helped comfort me in this time. So I eventually got to the point where I had such a close relationship with God that I felt like I was ready to meet him if if it came to that. Um, I felt like I had lived a good life and I was pleased with my decisions and I wasn't afraid to die for any fear of condemnation or anything like that, but I wanted to keep living. <laughs> and I decided that I was going to fight and try my best to live. But if it came down to that, that I would, if I needed to go, I would go. But I felt like my life had more to give and I was going to to fight as best as I could. While I decided to that I was ready to die if it came to that, I decided to stop acting like I was dying because originally I was, you know, when I would take down my facade, I would I was very very depressed and closed off like I said. Um so I stopped shutting people out in my life and I decided to not give up on my dreams. So I'm definitely definitely consider myself a dreamer. I've ever since I was little, I have always had grandiose plans for my life and high expectations and goals for myself. And so I decided to not give up on those goals. So I reapplied for college in the fall and I made plans, you know, for a future that I wasn't sure I would have. I, I accepted an invitation to teach Sunday school at my church um, to the youth. And that was really good for me to be able to study scripture and learn more. And that also helped develop a closer relationship with God, you know, and I got to share my experiences with others, with youth. So that was a really awesome thing that I did as well. Yeah. Other than that, I hung out with my friends a lot on off weeks of chemotherapy, the friends that were still in town and not out of state in college. And I spent a lot of time with my family having fun and making memories too, because, you know, if I was going to leave, I wanted to be, I wanted everybody to remember me as Allie, you know, the, the person that I was not as a sick, debilitated individual. So it was good. I, I also decided to open up to some people that were close to me, specifically my parents, and my best friend about how I was trying to prepare for death. And um, I, it helped immensely to be able to talk to them about how I was feeling emotionally and mentally. And it was cathartic for me to be able to like let out those strong emotions and share them with someone else instead of keeping them suppressed and within me. Absolutely. So, so yeah, so I finished um, three rounds of chemotherapy and my doctors decided to do scans again 
to see if the chemotherapy was even working um, because they didn't want to make me suffer if it wasn't helping. And the results of those scans were nothing short of a miracle. And I will never forget, forget those. The cancer had not only responded to treatment, but there was 0% metabolic uptake, which meant that the tumor was completely dead, completely dead. And we were all shocked, like my doctors included. And honestly, I didn't know what to do. I was like, yeah. you know, so within a week, I was under the operating table having a hip replacement surgery where they removed the top half of my femur where the tumor was. And then I did really intensive physical therapy to relearn how to walk again um, so that I could walk around campus um, that next fall. Yeah, I did two more cycles of chemotherapy, which was per my own request, um, because I wanted to ensure that we killed any stray cancer cells that were floating around in my body. I didn't want to have to drop out of college again a second time and go back home because another tumor developed a couple years later. So um, we did that. And yeah, we celebrated a lot. (laughs) Um, I, I really was so grateful for this gift of life that I've been given. And I promised God at that time that I would share my miracle story with those around me and that I would live a life that was pleasing unto him, you know, that I would dedicate my life for good and give back to the community that's blessed me so much. So yeah, that's my story. What a gift. What an amazing gift that you have been given and that you are now giving to others. This is incredible. Mm -hmm. So how is your health now or how has the last few years been of living your life? Yeah. So my health has been good. I am a little over four years cancer free, which is the longest I've been cancer free since I was originally diagnosed. Um, And I am honestly just the happiest I've ever been. I still go back for uh, checkups and things like that, routine checkups, but typically for cancer and for my cancer specifically, the five-year mark is what is like the ultimate goal, shows a really good prognosis for um, no more recurrences. So I'm almost there. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I was able to go back to school and continue my education. So, so yes, as I said, I'm going to nursing school in the fall. Um, and I'm really excited for that. I decided I wanted to be a nurse at age 13. Um, after all of the nurses that had influenced me and blessed my life during my treatment, I decided that I wanted to be just like them. And so I'm getting to live that childhood dream of mine. So I'm so excited about that. I want to work in women's health, which is something that's really important to me and was something that was really, that blessed my life a lot. I, like I mentioned earlier, that cancer treatment causes you to not typically have children. Um, I had a lot of experiences with reproductive assisted medical needs and things like that when I was a teenager. And that really blessed, you know, um, changed my life um, and gave me an interest in the field of women's health. So um, I'm doing that. And then I also got to have the experience of being able to fall in love. Um, (laughs) um, So I've been married to my sweetheart for over a year now. That was something that I never thought would happen, you know, I didn't think that I'd live long enough to be able to ever experience love, um, let alone get married. And so I 
so yeah, that I'm I'm really grateful that I'm there in my life. You know, this is some I'm living my dream that I never thought would happen. So my husband, he completes me and he makes me so happy. He has been my biggest supporter and my greatest friend. I, you know, I also feared for so long that no one would want to marry me because of all of my cancer baggage. And but he has taught me that my cancer experience is what gives me strength. And um he loves me despite all of the limitations that I experience now due to cancer. So, and then what else I'm doing. Um, so despite all that my doctors told me about being infertile, um, and even despite failed fertility treatments, I tried to do IVF treatments, um, when I was 16 years old to bank my eggs, which that was very difficult. Um, and that failed actually, um, it didn't work. But I am actually the mama to a little five-month-old baby boy, and he is the light of my life. <laughs> he was very unexpected, <laughs> but um, I, I I've wanted to be a mother since I was three years old when my little sister was born, and for a long time, I never thought that that would happen, and I never thought that I'd get to fulfill that dream, but he's my little miracle baby, and I love him so much. So yeah, that's where I'm at now. Hey, uh, oh my goodness. As no, a newlywed. He's yeah, he's my little honeymoon baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is a miracle. Like I'm I'm just smiling. I'm just sitting here smiling. I just love your life story and just the the light that you have and that you're giving to the world by sharing your story and giving that encouragement to other people. Ultimately I just look forward to living a happy life. <laughs> you know, I've, I've learned that life can be short. And, um, and even when you live to 70 or 80, it's, it feels short, you know, and so to just enjoy every moment um, that I'm given and every miracle that I'm given, I feel like my life is full of miracles. And I do not take that for granted. I had, you know, in my young adult years, I, before I got married, I had a lot of fears about um, having a family um, and that how that wouldn't happen for me. Um, so my plan that I had made for myself got thrown a wrench when I had a baby unexpectedly. Um, so I am hopeful um, that I'll be able to have more children, but I'm not sure. I'm um, cancer typically causes you to not be able to have children because you go into early menopause. I still expect to go into early menopause. So our family's timeline is going to be shorter than most. And so, um, I, like I said at the beginning, I'm only 22 years old um, and I have a baby. So um, my husband and I, we might have our children first and education and careers later just because of that. Um, that fact that we know that our timeline for a family is shortened, um, but we're also open to adoption and donor eggs and things like that. Um, so both my husband and I trust in God, you know, if he has given us this miracle of this baby, um, we know that he can do it again. And we have full confidence that we'll be able to have the children that we need, that we will be blessed with the family that we need. I love your example of like, like all of us, we have a plan, you know, we, mm -hmm. we have this path that we're on and usually we get a wrench in it anyway, but I love your example of like, you know what, we're just used to the wrench in the plan. And so we're yeah. just going to be open 
to no plan. <laughs> just go with it. Just, yeah. just live life and mm -hmm. whatever comes at you, you'll, you'll take it. That's how you've lived your life the past several years. And you're a great example mm -hmm. that way, because I, at least me, I tend to be really rigid and this is the plan and this is the way it's going to go. And this is what I want to do for my future. And then I'm mad when it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so yeah. You're a great example of just going with the flow and just enjoying life and all the gifts and miracles and blessings that it brings and looking at everything as a gift and as a miracle is a beautiful way to live. So I'm so proud mm -hmm. of you. Thank you. I love that. So do you have any tips or a cup of sugar for our lemonade? Yeah. So I've got, I've got, I feel like my cup runneth over, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I've got, I've I thought of three things to share. Um, so the first is um, to seek for the good. Um, even while I was sick and preparing for death, there were so many beautiful moments in my life where I felt genuinely happy. I feel like so many people can have their lives bogged down with negativity, um, especially when they're in the middle of a difficult trial and they miss all of this beauty in their lives. So having the experience of being ready to meet God was very eye-opening to me, as you can imagine and taught me that our focus in life really affects our attitude and our attitude affects everything. So be a grateful receiver of whatever you're given in life. You know, my cancer experience, despite being so terrible and hard and being so sick, it has allowed me to grow so much and has taught me so much about myself. I'm so grateful for my experience with cancer. Would I want to do it again? No way. <laughs> no way. Um, but it has made me the person that I am today. It has shaped my life and it has changed the way that I think about the world and has made me a better person. And for that, I'm grateful. So be a grateful receiver of whatever you're given and seek for the good in your life. My second thing I learned is to make time for the people that you love. So being so close to death made me learn to really value family time and made me a lot more grateful for the family that I've been given. I absolutely adore all of my family, the one I was born into, the one I mar married into, and the one I've created myself. So I place spending time with them now as one of my top priorities, and I think that everybody should do that um, um, to make time for the people that they love, whether it's their family or friends. And then my third thing is to slow down and find what brings you solace. Um, I feel like in today's world, being busy is the norm. Um, but I learned that it is so important to slow your life down and first establish what's most important to you. And then also establish what your support systems are for when you're in a time of crisis. So for me, that was my religion. And it can be a number of different things, such as nature or music or a certain person that you're close to. Um, but it's important to do that now rather than later, because when you're in a time of need, it's a lot more difficult to establish a source of comfort. And it can be easy to, you know, shut people out and be depressed. Um, um, so I was already religious before my recurrence. And so it was easy for me and almost essential for me to fall back on my religion um, as a source of comfort and peace for me. Um, but I also feel like it's just so important to slow down and enjoy your life. You know, take time for what's most important to you. And don't forget about the little things that happen um, around you that bring you joy. So those are my three cups of lemonade. Um, seek for the good, 
make time for the people that you love and slow down and find what brings you solace. So perfectly said and the best tips for everyone to take heart in and write down, write down these tips, seek for the good, spend time with those you love Mm -hmm. and find a place of solace, find something that brings you comfort. Those are so critical in just everyday life. And I love Mm -hmm. how you said, that's what we fall back on when things get hard and we need to have those in place first. And Mm -hmm. a lot of us don't know, we don't have that time set of how long we're going to live and we should enjoy every day and live kind of like it's our last. We just don't know. And so I love that you are a reminder of that. Just embrace everything and just live life and enjoy Mm -hmm. it. Thank you. So beautifully said. So thank you. Thank you. It's been so wonderful to meet you and share in your light and the knowledge that you have and that you're sharing with everyone. So I just really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. You're still here? Well, then enjoy this little outtake from that interview. Absolutely incredible. Like, I just can't, you're so young and the wisdom you have for what you've been through, it would be so easy to be negative and turn against God and why me and anger, which it sounds like you did go through a period of that. I did. I did. You're normal. You're normal. And that's okay. But you didn't stay stuck there. And Mm -hmm. so it's just a beautiful example of like, be mad, get angry, feel bad for yourself, but realize God isn't up there dishing out this to everyone to be miserable. There are lessons to learn from it and you are rising above it. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Sharing my cancer story is cathartic for me and it hopefully blesses those around me um, to learn from my experiences. I have enjoyed spending this time with you. You might have a friend struggling with the same thing that we talked about in this episode that might enjoy listening to this too. So please share this episode because no one is alone at the lemonade stand.